The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. GDI Wives is a bonus episode hosted by Kylie Caldwell. These episodes focus in on the fastest growing demographic of the dog world and hunting industry in general, women. Kylie is having fun and relatable conversations with other women who have trained and hunted their own dogs and what it was like getting started. These women live the life and prove every day that they don't hunt or train dogs just because of their boyfriends or husbands. They don't do it because they're hunters' wives. They do it because they love it, married to the sport, lifestyle, and most importantly, their dogs. All right. Good evening, everybody. Um, this week on GDI Wives, I have my friend Stephanie Harrison, um, who I've met probably five, six years ago, maybe a little longer now. Um, we met at an Avda training day. Um, her boyfriend at the time had a GSP. They're, they're married now um, and have a few more dogs, but... I'm going to let Stephanie kind of talk about all that. So I'm going to introduce Miss Stephanie Harrison. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I want you to introduce yeah. yourself um, to all our listeners and kind of tell them a little bit about yourself, um, what kind of dogs you have, um, where you live, that kind of thing. So as Kylie said, I'm Stephanie Harrison and I have three dogs. We have two German short hair pointers. Um, one is six years old and one will be two in June. And we have also a Cavalier poodle mix. So a Cavapoo kind of <laughs> off the wall, but he's, uh, he's the uh, wannabe hunting dog. So um, he's hunts rabbits out in the yard is what he does, but we live in GSP. Charlotte, North Carolina. We just relocated. Huh? I said GSP wannabe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he, we live uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Currently we moved here from Raleigh um, about a year ago. All right. Awesome. So you have two GSPs and you have a Cavapoo. So how does that, work out in the household? Do they all get along as one in charge? How, do, how does that work? Well, so Connor's pretty much in charge. He's the Cavapoo. 
um, <laughs> Vader and him, <laughs> Vader, the uh, GSP, who is actually my husband's dog, um, he got him uh, in 2015, and that's how we met you guys um, when he, uh, with training with him. But um, so he pretty much run, uh, but Connor pretty much runs the household. Um, and then my dog, uh, Drumlin, who's the puppy GSP, he, um, he's still trying to figure out, you know, his testosterone and stuff. So he, him and Vader, they have their moments, um, cause they're both intact, but it's, it's getting better and better as they, as he gets older and matures a little bit. Um, but Connor puts him in his place too. So you have a 25 pound dog, but puts seven, a 71 pound and a 50 pound dog in their place quite a bit. I can see it now. If anybody has not met Connor, which nobody probably has that's listening other than maybe some Tar Heel chapter members and myself, but he's a little fuzzball and looks so cute. So it's funny that you say he's the dominant one and in, in ruling the roost, but I wouldn't, um, that doesn't really surprise me um, at all with him, but he's <laughs> super, super cute. But so, yeah, you know, you're talking about having these dog breeds. So, you know, your husband had a GSP Vader and now you have one. So what made you, what intrigued you, I guess, about the GSP breed? Um, how do you come across your breeder? If you want to kind of walk us through that and, and kind of tell the audience about, um, you know, why you selected that and, and how you got to meet your breeder and, and pick her. So um, I, you know, watched Doug with Vader and went out training with him and spent time, you know, getting to know everybody in, in the chapters instead of the different chapters that we were members of and, you know, met a, you know, met a lot of great people and, and friends and stuff. And, and, you know, Doug went through the invitational with Vader. And so I went to all those training, tried to go through all those training days and it was just, <laughs> it was just fun. It's a lot of work, but um, it was, it was really cool to watch, you know, the dogs work and, actually the handlers work too. But so I decided that I would start looking at puppies on Facebook, you know, and started seeing different puppies post, uh, followed some DSP puppy, you know, um, groups and stuff like that. And so, uh, Lane Jewel with Trillium's, uh, GSPs, she, um, had some puppies and, uh, out of Wisconsin. And okay. so I saw Drumlin and I saw uh, another dog that had a solid black head and they were both males and I contacted her and I would just, you know, just to kind of get some information about them, you know, and yeah. I saw their, their pedigree and I was, you know, real impressed with that. And so I was talking to my husband about it and he's like, if that's what you want to do. So I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get a, you know, well, I'll get a GSP puppy and, but I'm not going to train him. I'm not going to do anything with him. I'm going to let you do it. So that's how that all started. <laughs> okay. Everybody keep that in the back of your head as we continue uh, throughout this story, but you bring up a good point. Like I'm, I'm asking, you know, how you found your breeder and, you know, there's a lot of breeders around here um, you know, and you've been around for a little bit with Vader and stuff and, and your husband, Doug. Um, but you, you kind of started doing some research on Facebook, you know, Facebook's a wealth of knowledge. It could be good and could be bad for, you know, someone looking like you, but you reached out to her. Um, so tell us kind of how, you know, did you go fly to get Drumlin. So, you know, with a distance, um, this is before COVID. So, you know, when you could 
you know, travel and things weren't so crazy, but were you able to travel to see the puppies? Did she send you videos? Like, how did you end up selecting Drumlin? What was that process like? So before I made the decision to go with her, I reached out to a couple of people that I knew, um, like were in the Wisconsin area. Um, okay. Steve uh, Gregor actually knew Lane Jewel. It was funny because we were talking. I was telling him I was going to get a puppy, and he he's he said that he knew of her and had heard good things about her. And then also Mike Nidusky had heard of her, and um, so. I also knew that she has a dog um, that she's a co-owner with actually Drumlin Sire um, that Clyde Vetter had um, worked with. So I just had heard some great things about her, you know, the Sire and the, the dam. So that's, I kind of did, you know, I did some research before making that decision. And then yes, once, once we, uh, you know, put our deposit down and all that, she started sending keeping me up to date with pictures of, of both of the males. Cause I wasn't sure which one I wanted and I was able to choose which one. Um, right. of the, cause I was one of the first ones to put a deposit, but so anyway, so she kept me up to date with videos and, and stuff like that, um, throughout the whole process. Um, you know, and so that was fun to watch. And actually she, um, she was coming here because, um, she does a lot of work with TSA with her German short hair pointers. Oh, that's right. So yep, she I was coming you, here for a, con- yeah. I remember you telling me about So that. she was coming yep. here for a convention. Yeah. So she came to RDU, which worked out perfect because we were still in Raleigh at the time. So we met up that when, and she flew Drumlin here for me. So, um, that was, that's- that worked out really well. It must have been, that's fate then. Um, So you, you know, you hit a good point to let listeners know and other people that may be looking at buying a puppy. And I know um, GDIY just did a big puppy series, but talking about reputable breeders and and how you select them and is it a good fit and, and, you know, reaching out to the people that you knew that, that possibly would have known her um, to just reach out and say, you know, hey, you know, you're almost trying to buy this puppy without it, you know, not seeing many videos and stuff prior to selecting that breeder and just getting a good feeling and knowing that you're, you're going to make the right choice with having, um, talking to people and then obviously talking to her over the phone. And then once your relationship was built, you know, it was easier and having those things, um, to kind of go off of. So that's awesome. Um, that you're able to do that now. Do you kind of stay in contact with her? Does she post thing about the dogs or, um, you know, kind of tell us, do you guys do that? Or um, is it kind of like a check-in thing? And I know you just recently tested Drumlin and NA and utility. Um, so she, does she require that in her, in her puppy contract? Kind of tell us a little bit about that. She, um, she did ask us to make sure that we tested him in a, um, sure. so um we, we do keep up with her quite a bit. We post things, you know, about Drumlin and we send her pictures and stuff about him. So she, she keeps, um, close tabs on him. Um, and yes, we did just test him, um, in a, or I tested him in a and, um, and UT recently. So she was real happy about that. She was glad to see that. And I actually ran him twice in UT. So. Yeah, you, you did. All right. So, um, everybody, how Stephanie had mentioned, um, you know, she didn't really want to be involved too much with the training, but yet you heard her just say she tested, um, NA and she's done utility twice and Drumlin's not quite two yet. Is that right? 
That's correct. He'll be two in June. Okay, that's what I thought. So, you know, you take this young dog and you've already um, accomplished a feat with him doing NA and utility. Um, so let's back up just a little bit. So you've done these tests now, but when did you kind of first get involved with NAVDA? Um, what brought you to Tar Heel Chapter? I know your boyfriend and husband, or boyfriend at the time, but now husband, you know, you, you came with him, but kind of talk a little bit about your intro to NAVDA and, and the kind of progression that it took. And then we'll, we'll get back into the testing here in just a second. So when Doug got Vader, um, I was a part of that, you know, we, again, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time and, and we selected Vader together. And, you know, so I was able to be a part of Vader when he was, you know, part of Vader's life when he was a little puppy. And like I had said earlier, him and Connor grew up together. So, um, Doug, you know, uh, met Scott, someone um, in Sanford, an acquaintance that knew Scott Caldwell, your husband, um, told Doug about Scott. So we got uh, in touch with you guys and we brought Vader out and uh, worked with you guys and you guys introduced us to Tar Heel Chapter. And so we, Doug joined our Tar Heel Chapter as a member um, and I would come along and hang out or whatever and just kind of watch things um, every once in a while. But it really wasn't my thing. Hunting was, is not, what was not, I should say, my thing. Right. Um, I had no interest in ever hunting. Yeah, it's funny that you say, um, I didn't even realize that you were a part of Vader's life when he was a puppy. So that's one thing that I didn't know. And then also um, that someone kind of introduced Doug to Scott. I had no clue that that kind of transpired prior to you guys coming out. Um, I remember Doug bringing Vader out and Scott, the first question Scott asked him was like, well, where'd you get this dog from? And I don't think we'll ever probably, or Scott will never live this down. But, you know, when he told us the breeder and I'm not going to say it on here, but we all know who it is. Um, and Scott's like, oh, that dog's never, you know, not gonna, and he didn't say it quite like this, but something in effect, like, oh, that dog's not going to amount to much type of thing. Um, and, you know, right. fast forward, you know, Vader's now a VC and have become a VC last year or no, 2019, excuse me. And um, you just yeah, never, you just never know. You can't judge the dog or book by its cover type of thing. And um, yeah, so that's cool. I did not know that that's how you guys wound up at Tar Heel. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so you start coming to training days. Um, you're thinking, you know, not really your thing. What kind of, when was the light bulb kind of turned on for you? When did you think that, okay, maybe I want to start getting more involved? Um, whether it's with Navda or with Vader at the time, because you didn't have, um, Drumlin yet, but when did you kind of start to turn and think, okay, maybe this is more fun than I thought or something I really want to get involved in? It was more so when Doug started doing invitational training with Vader um, okay. that I kind of, you know, was more involved in the train, you know, kind of in the training and going out with him on the weekends and stuff. Because, I mean, invitational training, you're pretty much that's all you do for months, you know, as yep. you know. So yep. that was pretty much if I was going to spend time with him on the weekends, that was what I was going to be doing. So <laughs> I went with them and um you know, and got, got to meet a lot of great people and, you know, cause I mean, it takes a village as you know. So, you know, got to meet a lot of great people and built some great relationships. And, um, 
just really enjoyed myself and, you know, started helping out, you know, um, you guys would have me do little things like distraction gunner or, you know, set the bird, set the plant birds. You, sh- I think everybody showed me how to plant birds. I think you did, yep. Scott did, yep. you know, yep. Doug did, of course. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so we just started doing different things to help volunteer too. Um, and just started really kind of enjoying it, you know, went from, you know, being disgusted to the thought of touching a bird and scared of them and ducks <laughs> to yep. wearing to, you know, wearing to wearing gloves to do it and, you know, feeling and I still do that. But um, to now, you know, not completely dying when I touch one that's dead with my bare hands. So um, that's kind of, you know, how that went. And, you know, then we got, you know, we went to the invitation on 2018 and then um, Doug went again. He did not pass that year. So um, then after that, it's kind of really when I started really get, you know, excited about the whole NAVDA situation. Because, again, you meet so many great people and you have so much fun. So um, that's when I started kind of getting the itch that I wanted my own dog. Yeah, no, and I think that's important. You know, you started out not knowing much. Then you were like, okay, if I want to spend time with my husband, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to be a part of this. I'm going to have to help. I'm not going to just sit around and watch like they need my help. And you decided to get yourself involved. And then, you know, the bug kind of caught you. So you went to these two tests, you met all these people and you're seeing all the work that goes into that huge test. And, you know, I, I don't even know what the pass rate was that year or even in 28. I know in 2018, it wasn't that high because a lot of dogs, you know, we all went together and I think one out of all of us right. or two, two out of the group passed. And it's just, um, you know, you getting to experience those emotions with a, with a group and with your husband and then go through the motions and then realize, okay, wait a minute. Hey, I've been doing all this work and helping now, you know, I want my own dog. Um, and, and to start getting involved. So you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, that hunting wasn't something really that interests you or anything like that. Um, now growing up and I, I should have asked this earlier, but just kind of thought about it. Um, you know, did you grow up in a hunting family? Did your, did your dad hunt did your mom hunt kind of tell, um, a little bit about that and your exposure as a kid or young adult to hunting? So there was none of that. Um, I have been, I was raised in the city. I was born and raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I mean, it's a city still. And there was, I was never involved in. Yeah. And then I moved to Colorado Springs when I was in my early twenties. So I've always been a city girl, Uh, country and hunting and any of that stuff, dead animals. None of that was anything that I had ever dealt with or cared to deal with. That's for sure. So no, I was not raised with a hunting family. Okay. That's, that's a good point. You know, you're growing up in a city and not really exposed. Did you have like maybe some grandparents or uncles that ever, ever any exposure at all, or just absolutely none? I had none. I did not have any exposure till I met Doug. Nope. Brand. So everything was brand spanking new. Okay. So I think that's important to kind of, let the listeners know that, you know, it's okay if you're not from a hunting family, it's totally fine. And it doesn't matter the age that you are, that it's, you're capable of learning how to do it if, if you're willing to and, and put the effort in. 
but I guess Stephanie, the biggest thing is what kind of solidified your desire to start. Okay. I, I want to get this dog, but knowing in the back of your head, well, I, I got to learn how to use a gun. I've got to, I've got to work with this dog. I've got to train it because you know, you've been through the test, you know, you have to do certain things. And especially at the utility test, you have to carry a gun in the field. You have to shoot a gun at certain events. And then, you know, even past that to the invitational, you have to carry a gun again for an hour. You have to shoot in that test. And um, what kind of, I guess, was a turn of events that you were like, okay, yeah, I'm gung-ho. I'm 100% in. Like, kind of tell us a little bit about that. Well, like I said, when I got Drumlin, it was not my goal in life to train him or do any of that work with him. Um, he was just going to be my puppy and my husband could do all the, all the training and work because he had already VC'd a dog. So I figured, okay, well, he can do this with another one, you know, <laughs> um, then we got him and then we got him and, you know, he and everybody was like, well, you, you know, you can do the puppy test. Doug, you know, Doug really wanted me to do the puppy test, the NA test. Yeah. He's like, you can do that and I'll do the rest. I'll, I'll do the utility test. Cause that's where you gotta, you know, there's a lot more involved and, and all that stuff. And there is. And so I was like, okay, I'll do the NA test, you know, cause there's really not shooting and all, you don't handle too much there. So right. I was like, okay, the, I agree to that. So um, then we got him, and, you know, Doug and I started working with him on doing fetch, you know, fetching and bumpers. And, you know, everybody said, make sure you get your dog excited about bumpers. And I think he got in the water with with Scott one day and he <laughs> fell off that little ledge. It's, it's your little pond, right? Yeah. <laughs> so after that, there was like, this was, in, this was in August and he did not want to get in the water anymore. After that, he was done falling because he had fallen. So we had to really get him excited about bumpers for those next few months. So we moved here to Charlotte and we found a pond, in a, some land over here that we, we train on. And uh, he, he finally got in water. I finally got him in water. So that was, that was exciting. <laughs> I remember when I remember when you guys came over and you were like so worried. You're asking Scott, like, I think I messed up. Like, Drumlin won't swim. He won't swim. Like, we're about to test. Like, he's not going to swim for the test. You were. I remember you were freaking out about it. Um, and I I've been in those shoes. Yeah, too I was very upset. I've, I've had Calypso that did it to me at a test. You know, she'd been swimming and swimming, and then the day of the test my idiot self throws a bumper out. Doesn't, I don't say anything. I just throw a bumper. I'm like, yeah, okay, go. You know, I'm just standing there and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I should have told her fetch, you know, she, we've been working on it and she just decided not to go. But, you know, you were, you were really worried, but you pushed through it. And, you know, the end result, he obviously he swims and he swims well. So, um, kind of walk us through the next step. So you got him in the water you got him swimming. What would you kind of work yeah. on next with him? Yeah. Yeah. We got him. swimming. Yeah. We got him swimming, got him in the water. Doug was doing a lot of training with him. We got him on some birds, um, got it, you know, started, started, you know, getting him used to that and, you know, all of that. And then, um, we decided to send him to, uh, you get force fetch trained and yep. steady trained and all that. And so we, we sent them to do that uh, with, um, with our friends, Blake and Stacy, and, and they, they worked with him for about three months on all of that. Um, and during this time, I was, um, you know, getting, getting nervous about the NA test. And then, of course, the COVID happened. So that delayed that. 
And so sure. but then they extended it. So that worked out. And then um, we, then there was a UT test coming up in October. So, um, you know, remember I was only going to do the NA test. And so then Blake and Stacy and Doug were convinced that I should then move on to the utility test because of, of how well Drumlin, how smart Drumlin was that he was doing. So it was right. really just a matter of training me and right. of what I need to do and how to do it. So um, fortunately, I was able to to work with, with them um, and Doug on the weekends and stuff and get me trained. So I ended up running him UT in October and he actually prized prized one, um, which I was very excited about, um, for his utility test. So we did that test on Friday and then, then I still, you know, had promised the breeder I would NA him. Of course, everybody did not understand why I was in a, why I was doing an (laughs) NA test after I had already prized one, a UT dog, had a prize one UT dog. But on Sunday we did the NA test and by that time he was done with testing and yep. so we got a prize three on the NA test. He did not want to track um, a pheasant. He was done with that. So he was pretty much, he pretty much told me that he was too advanced for that mom. I'm not tracking yeah. a pheasant. And, so, I, need, and anyways, I need a break, you know, I was not happy. You, you had, um, you know, with him and with Blake and Stacy and, and Doug and you training him, you know, some dogs are just like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this testing. Let's, let's go hunting. Let's go to the fun part. And I just need a break. But, um, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's good though. You, like you said, you kept your word to the breeder. You, you, re, you know, f- re- fulfilled that requirement with her and, um, were able to do it, you know, maybe not the best, you know, score that you could have gotten, but you know what? You did it. Um, and, like you said, most people, you know, vice versa, you're going to do NA first and then utility, but because he was <laughs> ready, you know, um, and a lot of it was having to train you, the dog knew what to do. You just had never done it. And I think a lot of times, and even myself still, when I've run utility dogs, it's freaking nerve wracking out there. And I know you've experienced it. It's, it's a lot of nerves and the dogs feed off of that. And, I think that day you did so good at remaining calm um, and, you know, you guys just had an amazing day. So that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Um, so, you know, you kind of did it backwards, but like, like, again, you had said, nope, I'm not doing any of this. I'm, I'm going to just have fun with my dog. I'm not doing any of this testing kind of stuff. So you end up doing it after all, you know, figuring out, okay, I really like doing this, even though it is nerve wracking. Um, it's rewarding to be out there with your dog and seeing them work. I think, um, it's a, it's an important thing. And, and now, okay, so you've done that. What kind of, are you looking forward to for your goals? Maybe for him in 2021, you said you, um, you know, you prized with a utility prize one. So you've qualified to go to the invitational. So kind of what's your plan for that? Um, and where do you see yourself going? Um, you know, later on down the spring and summer and into the fall? Well, uh, we're going to start training for the Invitational um, here shortly. Um, okay. So I was going to say, have you, have you started yet? 
Well, yeah, yes, um, but it's going to become real intense here shortly, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so we're going to all start tra- tra- training for the Invitational. Uh, my weekends will be taken up by that, I'm sure, for the next few months, but it'll be great. Um, so um, he's he's already backing his brother in the field, um, oh, awesome. so that's good, and honoring him. Yeah, awesome. so just got to work on, he's still, you know, he's still a puppy. He's still a young dog and judges keep telling me that and reminding me that. And other people keep telling me that too. Um, so he, he likes to little, he likes to play a little bit though. So I have to just keep him focused. Um, and I think that that'll just come with maturity. So, um, when he's in the field, he's got to focus on hunting and not, you know, playing with his brother. But I think that'll help too when he gets in the field with other dogs. Yeah, exposure exactly. Exposure to other dogs, and you know, not his brother. They're they've grown up together, so they're used to each other. Um, so yeah, getting exposure to other dogs, other breeds um, that you may be, you know, paired up with. Because as you know, it's you know, luck of the draw who your who your brace mate will be. So um, that'll be you know key for you to do as well. But like you said, he is still a puppy and in his maturity and. It's hard because sometimes, you know, these big dogs are like, oh, wow, you know, how old's your dog? And you're like, oh, he's a year and a half. And you're like, whoa, okay. And you, you sometimes have to take a step back and be like, okay, yeah, you're right. He is a puppy. You know, what kind of things can I let him get away with and what can I? So that way it doesn't really in, in affect his training per se, you know. Um, you still want to kind of be, make it black and white, but yet remember you know, he is still young. So there's certain things that maybe he won't do a hundred percent of the time because he is young. Um, so I think that's important. Um, now for the invitational, um, you guys are planning on going, um, now since you already passed Vader, Doug, uh, is there any plans for Doug to be getting a puppy in the future or have you guys even talked about that or, we haven't even got that far yet. We have three <laughs> dogs now and we still live in the city. So, um, <laughs> you know, we just moved here. So we haven't, we haven't found a place where, uh, cause I moved here with my job. So we haven't found a place that we, uh, with land yet. So once we do that, I'm sure that's going to be in the near future, uh, or in the future of dog, Doug getting another puppy. But, um, and at this point I, you know, um, at this point, you know, he's, he's been a big help with, you know, helping me with, uh, with Vader, with Drumlin. So, you know, keeping me focused on his behavior and, you know, being, being, being strong and not being, you know, so, so sweet to the dog, you know, making sure he's listening and all that good stuff too. So. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. Make sure you guys are on the same page with training and stuff, especially, you know, now is your plan, which, um, I'm assuming it's going to be a yes, but I have to still ask. So are you planning on running him in the invitational? Yes, I have all uh, intentions of running Drumlin in the invitational. Um, if, you know, I mean, unless some I get sick or something happens, but yes, it's sure. my, my intention is to run him in the invitational. Doug would like me to do that. I think he, I think he would be really happy if I was able to do that. And I'm just, I'm just keeping, you know, I'm going to stay positive and hope that it works out that we are able to VC him. And if not, then we'll try again, you you know? Yeah, it it, it's hard. And especially you guys know, you've been to Iowa. Um, it's challenging, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, the heat, I'm sure, you know, last time we were there together, it was so hot and um, 
who knows what's going to happen this year with everything that's going on, but there's going to be definitely, I know a lot of dogs going. Um, I think there was over, you know, yes. from the two years, like, I don't even know what the limit that they're accepting. I, I haven't looked, but I know everybody's had, had to submit their entry forms. I think, what was the deadline? Was it March 1st or I think it was pretty early this year. I can't even remember what they had put out on the NAVDA website. Do you remember? It was January 1st. January 1st. Okay. Uh, wow. Maybe so it was January. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe it was so. January 1st. You maybe, no, it was January 1st. You had to, you could start submitting. I, I can't remember what the deadline was because okay. I got mine in right, right, right away. away. But, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of dogs. It's over 200 dogs. They've actually opened it up to seven days this year. Oh my gosh. When did they do that? They must've just recently done that. Holy moly. Yes. I got an email this morning about it or today about it. Wow. So I know they had originally opened it up to four and now they're going to do holy mother. That's like the test of all tests there. <laughs> they're definitely going to need. So anybody listening to our podcast, please, if, if you're part of NAVDA or not, get involved and go to Iowa to be able to help volunteer. Um, I think it's a big thing. I did that before I ran a dog. I actually went out in the field with a friend of mine, Kim. She let me go out and watch behind her and we went and volunteered. Um, and then we ran dogs and then we've last year or when we last went 2019, Scott ran a dog and I helped volunteer and same with you, you know, it's, it's, they're going to need all the help that they can get. So if you guys are listening and you're NAVDA members or you're not join and, and go to Iowa and help the invitational crew they're going to need um they're going to need it this year so well that's that's amazing um i hope um you know you guys do do great you got a bunch more months i know it seems like a lot but um you know you'll you'll definitely get there and like i said you're going to have a great team of people to be able to help because you you can't do it by yourself so that's a big thing too um kind of stephanie um with the whole navda stuff and you're, you know, going to the invitational and stuff. Do you have any like tips, tricks, maybe some suggestions to new people coming into the, whether it's Tar Heel or um, Foothills or Carolinas chapters um, or any tar or NAVDA um, chapters, kind of like for novice um, gun dog owners? Like, what are things that you kind of wish you would have? had when you were starting out like what kind of things can you recommend to people do you have anything um i would just say just really get involved the more involved you get and the more um questions you ask um you know the the better um i think that everybody that's there and a part of navda and a part of the chapters they they do want to help and they want you know they want everybody to succeed what's nice about it is that you're not in competition with each other so you know, it's, it's all about the dogs and it's all about sure. making sure that, you know, everybody succeeds. So I think that that's what I also enjoy the most. Um, and I know with our chapter here that Jeff and Doug, uh, Jeff Tucker and Doug started here in uh, Charlotte and um, Piedmont area up in Randleman. We have two, two training days a month for our chapter, but, um, I know that that's something that's been a big compliment that people have said is that everybody's so helpful and makes them feel welcome. Cause we have a lot of new puppy owners, um, with our chapter and it's just, they, they're just so thankful that, 
that so many people want to help them. So I think that that's the biggest thing is to get get involved and ask questions and learn. And, you know, I think that's how I learned the most. Yeah, no, I think that's a good good point. And I've like harped on that every single one that I've done with people. And even with the podcast I did with Nick to just the involvement, um, whether it's with NAVDA, other organizations, conservation, um, BHA, other things to get involved with these dogs. Um, not necessarily maybe BHA, but they do a lot of stuff with conservation, new hunters and getting them involved. And then the big thing is keeping them involved, keeping them engaged. Um, you know, if you're, if they show up to a training day and nobody welcomes them and they're kind of off in the corner with their puppy, like, what do I do? You know, they're probably not going to come back. Um, so, you know, like you said, getting them involved, keeping them engaged and, like you said, asking questions, no question is, is a stupid question. So, you know, if you don't know something, ask, um, you're, you're going to get an answer. You may get 10 different answers to a way to do something and train your dog. Cause everybody has their opinion. Everybody has what they think works for them. So, you know, whatever works for you and, and, and staying engaged. And, um, you know, you mentioned you guys started the foothills chapter. So kind of, you started out with Tar Heel. Now you guys have moved. You're still part of Tar Heel, but what are your involvement with Foothills? What are you in a leadership role in that chapter? Um, and how did that kind of transpire as well? So Jeff contacted Doug when he found out that we had moved here. Um, and they kind of coordinated, you know, when we started the chapter. Um, so Doug is the vice president. Jeff is the president. And then um, they asked me to be treasurer. So I'm the treasurer of the chapter. Um, I also was the test secretary for our first test. Um, and then um, now we have another test secretary because that's a little hard to be, but it's a little hard to be both, but it was, it was good. Cause I, you know, of course wanted to make sure the test went, our first test went well. So we had our first NA test um, last October and now we're getting ready to have another NA test this weekend. So, oh yeah, that's um, right. but yep. yeah, so okay. we started, yeah, so we started the chapter, and it's been very successful. Um, we have two training days a month, um, and we have uh, one in the Piedmont Randleman area, um, and then one here in Stanfield, which is right outside of Charlotte. So um, it's it's been very good. We usually have we usually have a big crowd, and we did start in Tar Heel, but we will remain members of Tar Heel as well, and um, Carolinas, and um, I think the more. The more uh, chapters you're a member of, the better, and the more exposure you have, the better for you yeah. and your dog. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And there's different grounds, there's different water exposure, especially if you're getting to the more advanced levels. Your dog needs the the exposure to see those elements and different things because you never know what could happen on test day. So being exposed to those things, um, I think, is important. And and you know, you already had mentioned getting involved, but now you guys are running a chapter out that way. Um, because, you know, I remember when you guys came to a duck search clinic last year, you know, when COVID kind of stopped everything, um, Scott and I were like, Hey, how can we help people still train their dogs and keep it safe? Um, and we held a duck search clinic last year and you guys came and, you know, people started talking and there was people from that area like, Hey, you know, we need to start a chapter out this way, especially when you guys found out you were moving that way. Um, you know, it's three and four hours for these people to drive and, um, it can be a lot, you know, it takes up your whole weekend and, um, having people that are in that same area, you guys were able to kind of network and be like, okay, how do we 
how do we get this thing going? You know, Jeff's thinking of doing it. We're out this way now. Like, how do we get this all to work? And you guys did. So that's awesome. And um, I know we've been to a couple of the Foothills training days and it's been really good getting to help new people. Um, and, you know, the people I know are grateful, so they're not having to drive as far. Um, but yet they're still coming to the training days. They're yeah. still coming to Tar Heel. They're still coming to Carolinas um, if they can, you know, and still staying involved to, to get their dogs exposure that they need. So I think that's awesome. Um, so any kind of last parting words for any people coming into it? Like we started off, you had never been a hunter. You grew up in the city. Um, you know, you didn't have, you had Connor, but you never had a, let's say a gun dog. Um, so kind of any last like parting, um, suggestion for our listeners of, you know, any other words of advice, maybe. I would just say if, if, you know, give it a try and, um, get yourself a puppy and, um, <laughs> take them out to training days and, you know, get involved with, with, with the different people there and, you know, people there will help you get, get through it. And, um, I think that, you know, if that's something that you're interested in doing, um, then you should do it. I mean, it's got me, you know, we took, we took Drumlin Invader woodcock hunting this fall. I mean, I had oh, never awesome. been woodcock hunting. I mean, that was fun. You know, we didn't really get anything, but it was just fun just to see them work, you know, and, and, you know, it was fun. So I think that it's something fun to do. Yeah. And I think you're, so now everybody heard Stephanie, she told you to go out and get a puppy. If you already have one, you're safe, but if you don't go ahead and, and find you a dog and, I think a big thing is, you know, you just mentioned you got to go out woodcock hunting with your dogs. You never dreamed of hunting. You're out there hunting now. You're testing. You're doing all these things and um, all because of a dog. So I think that's a big thing to remember. Um, and just watching the dogs work, like I'll still do it to this day. If we go hunting, sometimes I'll like if we go on a trip, of course, I'm going to bring my gun. But if we're just out doing training or something like that, I'll just let the dogs work and watch them. I just, even to this day, like if Falco or Sassy, you know, my dogs go on point. I'm still like, how, how does this whole thing work? It just still to this day amazes me. And um, I don't think those feelings will ever kind of go away. And I'm sure you, I hope feel the same way. Um, you know, seeing your dog go on point, it's, it's a pretty cool feeling. And if people have never experienced that, um, they definitely need to either go with someone or, or like you said, get a puppy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty amazing. It really is. Um, well, Miss Stephanie, I want to thank you for your time tonight um, and look forward to getting to watch, hopefully, if we're able to go um, volunteer in Iowa. Looking forward to seeing you running and, and hopefully um, success for you and Drumlin um, this year and at the Invitational for 2021. All right, Kylie, I appreciate it. All right, well, you have a great night, okay? All right, you too. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. 
Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.